Welcome to Alchemy Land, where we playfully explore creativity, healing, and consciousness. I'm Tage. Today on Alchemy Land, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Lacey Sanders, for further conversations about the Taurus Project. Hope you enjoy. Lacey, welcome to the Alchemy Land podcast again. I'm so glad that we're talking again today. You're uh, one of my favorite guests. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I'm so honored to be one of your favorite guests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's as much your podcast as mine. We've been working on it since the beginning. Oh, yeah. So, um, glad you're you're on the, the podcast again. Thanks, Tate. I'm happy to be here, and Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. We are recording on Christmas, which is really fun. Um, uh-huh. One of the few days where we both had a lot of open time, so here we are. Yes, perfect. Yeah. So, um, I thought, um, as we talked about, it would be nice to talk a little bit more about um, why we've chosen, or maybe we've been chosen by the symbol of the Taurus, and, um, you know, obviously we're the Taurus Project, and uh, early on in this process, um, we talked a lot about the Taurus, and I think we probably talked a little bit about it in our last podcast, And um, but let's go into it again, because there's always so many interesting aspects to that symbol, and it's more than a symbol, of course. So, um, yeah, I think um, let's go into uh, talking about the Taurus a little bit. Itself, yeah, what would it be considered a shape yeah it is a geometric form or shape and because yeah it can be described mathematically and that's one of the interesting things about it um and uh maybe the simplest way is if you take uh, a circle and you repeat that circle along um an axis then you get that three-dimensional form of the torus and then Mm -hmm. because it's circular you can rotate it and uh, you can rotate it along the vertical axis, and then it has an infinite um, rotation. So that's one of the things that are that we find so fascinating about it. It becomes a symbol for infinity, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it is a donut. <laughs> and it's a donut. <laughs> or a bagel. There's a bagel. Yeah, there's something magical about snacks, I suppose. Bready snacks, that is. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just it's uh, interesting that we can t- we recreate this shape all the time, right? Our wheels, yeah, um, things like that. Yeah, well, you were saying something um, recently that was interesting. You were talking about the um, that cyclical nature of life, and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, what, what do you see in nature or in the human life experience that's toroid-like, Taurus-like? Well, I guess what I was thinking is it has this this constant movement going out and then feeding back in. So it feeds out, back around, and it comes back in. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about how we, that's how creativity happens. We're inspired by something on the outside. It comes back into us and then something new arises. And that's a constant process. And... Well, you had recommended the, the Arthur M. Young mm-hmm. videos, and he talks about a thought, right? And 
being aware of something. I believe he used the idea of fire, and he's like, mm-hmm. think of ancient man seeing fire, seeing it cooking something, and then hunting and deciding to use that fire to cook the thing that it hunted. So it sees something, you see something externally, it inspires, and you bring it back in. So how mm-hmm. our ideas and our mind works like this. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, it is interesting. Let me just mention that um, uh, Arthur M. Young was a, uh, an inventor and um, interesting philosopher who came up with a uh, basically a, like a philosoph- philosophical system or idea about the evolution of consciousness, and he used the Taurus as his model. So, that's what um, you're referring to, um, mm-hmm. and it's... Um, it's fascinating if you listen to him talk about it, um, and I didn't know about him uh, previously before we started this Taurus project, but then I started researching the Taurus, and lo and behold, there's somebody talking about consciousness and the evolution of consciousness in that um, geometric form. So, that was really exciting to me, and um, I think what you're saying is a really good example um, that we not only create, but we transform what comes in, and then it becomes something new. And then you could even take that example, like um, like a thought, uh, an idea, like you were saying, and then you you work with it, and then something else emerges, and that's a creative process. And then you use maybe the same thought again, or a, or a, an expanded version of that thought, um, or a multi layered version, um, which becomes more conceptual, and then. How do you work with that? So, I think that's a really good example. Is that really what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, what, else, um, what else did you find uh, interesting in that talk? Because, I, I mean, there's so many things. Do you remember any other ideas that came forth that inspired you? One thing about the idea of, well, we talked about consciousness and cause and effect mm-hmm. and newtonian physics is very much cause and effect mm-hmm. uh, like you drop the apple and it falls down and it gets velocity and it hits strikes the ground yeah so but it's a very it's an idea system i think that believe that sinks into the idea that you could be of control of things. I do this, I get this. It's very two-dimensional is the way I saw it. Yeah. But it's not actually how reality is. And I think this is quantum physics comes in. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can't ever get rid of the uncertainty principle. And if you think about that, an idea of consciousness is that's choice. Mm. So there's a choice that's going to play in. Well, I do this, but let's say in just talking to you, like I could say this, but I can't guarantee what you'll say back (laughs) to me, or I could do an act, but I can't guarantee the outcome of it necessarily. Mm -hmm. So there's always this uncertainty. And to me, that makes things more three-dimensional and it opens up to possibility. Right. And just the idea that there are always these things in three in the universe was really striking to me. Yeah. Let's come back to the three in a moment, but I just wanted to comment because Mm -hmm. um, I like when you say uncertainty principle, like you don't know how someone's going to respond or um, even what you're going to do in a certain 
circumstance. And to me, that also suggests free will is built into the evolution of consciousness. Um, to me, that's that's a lot of uh, that uncertainty principle. You know, I mean, there's always that mm-hmm. debate: do we really have free will, or, or are we just puppets uh, in this cosmic yeah. destiny, this play that's going on? But um, it's almost to me like it's both. It's like what you said: there's cause and effect, but then within that, there's still room to play and to make choices as a free agent. So. Um, that that to me explains that, uh, or that possibility of the uncertainty principle as free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he Arthur Young talked about that too, like about faded events in one of the videos I watched, uh-huh. an interview. I don't know if you watched that one. I don't but remember. I Please tell me. He yeah. brings it both together, like there might be faded events, and he uses astrology and then examples in his own life mm. of like these things, this was faded, mm-hmm. but I could have made a, di- a choice either way. And that would have sent me on a different trajectory. Right. So he's like, yeah, I think there are, because someone was asking, well, do you think the same question? Is it all, all planned a destiny fate or is there free will? He's yeah. like, well, there's both. There are things that are faded, but we get to choose when they happen. Right. We do. Right. And then this is how we create our reality. Mm-hmm. From that place of choice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why we talk so much about healing being a creative process, because what are we doing when we're healing? We're making new choices to create the environment that we want. And mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly part of that process, that evolution of consciousness, mm-hmm. actually. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, before we go into more... Uh, um, talks about healing or creative uh, thoughts. Let's come back to the three for a second. You you had a thought there, I think, that you wanted to express. What about the three? Well, it also reminded me of in quantum theory, there are the three things. There's the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, and then I believe it's like the vacuum, the black hole energy. Mm-hmm. So the strong nuclear force draws... Does it does it break things apart or draw them together? Uh oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I believe the weak nuclear force pulls things apart, and the strong nuclear force is more magnetic, one or the other. Mm-hmm. But if that idea that these all these things need to exist, all these three things are at play for this to exist, mm-hmm. something to exist, one must arise, and so we know this in yoga also. Mm-hmm. We have Brahman, which is but the void, the space, mm-hmm. and then Vishnu, the creator, and Shiva, the destroyer. Mm-hmm. So we have the space for something, the power for something to arise, but then there things must die for new things to come. So these forces are always at interplay together. Yeah, you see that all the time in in nature. I mean, we we often talk mm-hmm. about that. How you know you look at um, that cycle where something something's created, and um, you have the seed, and then you plant it like an acorn, mm-hmm. and then it grows into a tree, and eventually it's going to die and decompose and go back into the earth. And along the way, more acorns are produced and more trees emerge. So mm-hmm. I think that that to me is always a beautiful way to describe that cycle of creation preservation and then disillusion or destruction and then regeneration 
Um, yeah, and yeah. the space in which it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That there always there must be the space for the two to exist. So you can't have those things if you don't have a, a space for it, mm-hmm. which I think is an interesting principle. Right. Well, that's really what we're talking about when we refer to consciousness. It's really the ground of being itself or that uh, substrate. I like that word too, because you see that in nature. Mm-hmm. Without a ground, you can't have a tree or really anything on the earth. Mm-hmm. But if you expand that thought out into infinity, you have to have uh, pure awareness or consciousness itself in order to have a creative process. And that's why the to me anyway, the Taurus is so exciting because you can think of it, there's a certain point at which all the thought and energy coalesces and then bursts forth into creation. And then as it goes out, it eventually cycles back into itself. So it it continues on infinitely until it maybe collapses finally and then reemerges again. Uh So yeah, that to me is always an exciting um, thought in that domain of What's holding all of that? Well, it's consciousness itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then things just express differently mm-hmm. in consciousness, but it's coming from the same field mm-hmm. of existence. Yeah, you were saying that uh, earlier too. We were talking, and you said um, that's one of the reasons why it's a beautiful model to look at for the human being and for each of our own individual expressions of consciousness. Isn't that kind of what you were getting at? Yeah, because I think of the whole field, like, of energy, spreading out, and then it comes back in and something arises. Mm -hmm. And that's a plant, that's a dog, that's a tree, you know, that's a human, that's a a molecule. (laughs) Because this is even happening on a molecular level, this energy, Mm -hmm. this toroidal field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were saying that, I think, in our last podcast. And it's if anybody is listening and you haven't actually gone and looked up uh, the Taurus, well, you can see it in our symbol. We have it right in the Taurus Project symbol. Uh, So, if you go to our website, for example, the taurusproject.org, you can see our symbol is the Taurus itself. And, um, but also it's fun to go and look it up, uh, you know, just do a search for the Taurus and you can start to see all these different examples in nature, like, uh, like a red blood cell, for example, or like what you said, the mm-hmm. molecule or, um, some scientists have described the movement of an atom actually has that shape because of its, um, rotation and its movement of the, the electrons. And so if you start looking at it, you realize it's, everywhere (laughs) it's really Mm -hmm. fun oh Mm -hmm. and you um maybe you could share you had that story uh of the the symbol the taiji symbol um that i really liked which was kind of like another thing to you know reference the taurus yeah a friend who we've shared this project with um sent me an image and it showed that the Taiji symbol, and for people who don't know, the Taiji is the symbol of the yin and the yang together mm-hmm. rotating where there's the black swoosh with the white dot and the white swoosh with the black dot. Mm-hmm. And they rise. But then if you turn that image that we look at usually vertically and turn it horizontally, it does create a toroidal field. 
Mm. It creates a torus three-dimensionally. You stretch it out, and those dots are just the the center of the torus. It's fascinating. And I had had this experience when I very first started practicing meditation in school, um, just really basic Taoist meditations, but I'd had this experience of seeing the Tai Chi like I, it was a ball around me swirling and mm. moving. And then when I saw that image, I was like, oh, was I seeing my energy field? <laughs> so I think without any knowledge of it, it appeared. Mm. And now I'm like, oh, that's what I saw. And I mean, that was 13, 14 years ago that yeah. I had that experience. Mm. That's amazing. I love that too, because that's always a fun um, and exciting verification of something that you experience in your awareness, um, where you don't really know what the the whole thing means, and maybe later it comes to you in a more um, formal way uh, with a, an idea that you read about or you see in a video, and then you're, you're aware that, oh, wait, I had that experience. And to me, that's that always goes a little bit deeper. And um, that's kind of similar to the way that I've experienced the Taurus also. And I think in our last talk, I was describing that, yeah. that experience, but it's, it, that was really true for me. You know, I think I had certainly heard about that idea that our energy field personally would be in that shape, but I never really thought about it on a universal level or that scope. But then as I was starting to expand my awareness and feel it and uh, see it, then it became much more real to me. And I realized, oh, that there's a truth here, um, fundamentally, in the way that energy and thought and consciousness expresses itself. So, that to me is really exciting when that happens. So, I love that you had that with the Tai Chi symbol. Yeah, yeah. All I can think is go with the flow. Hmm. It's just how the energy flows. Sometimes you're going out and sometimes you have to come back in and yeah. So yeah. Experiencing the world. Yeah. And I just really like to even think about our thoughts as energy and us experiencing them this way and just watching them too, learning to watch your thoughts and witness it. Yeah. And seeing what happens more. Yeah. I think that's a really important uh, step towards what we were talking about earlier and maybe coming back to um, how we're creating our. Uh, experience in life, and that's part of the healing process, is realizing what you just said, that you are actually creating by the thoughts you think, and um, that is a is a cycle, you know, and then sometimes you have to repeat a thought frequently enough in order to give it some energy and some power in, you know, mm -hmm. in a sense of how it manifests in the world. So, um, yeah, do you have any other thoughts on that? I think there's a lot here. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. That's a juicy topic, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, that's the importance of self-awareness mm. and being aware of your thoughts because eventually the thought's going to repeat itself that something will arise. You will act on the thought one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So the more self-awareness you have and then you have the ability to pause and see the thoughts you can see where they're coming from or you can see if they're generating emotions that are affecting you. Mm. And then are those emotions that you want to act from or not? Because if you're just on this autopilot of your thoughts, of your beliefs and your stories from your wounds, from your life, 
and I would say this from experience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just continue to make choices to repeat these things in your life. It's how we create, you know, and everyone, I think most people are familiar with the idea that we repeat patterns Mm -hmm. from our childhood. And I believe that we do it so we can heal it. But if you're just on this autopilot of these thoughts and these behaviors following the thoughts and you don't pause and hold back and be like, wait a minute, oh, this is because I have these thoughts and the way I see things or the people I choose to have in my life because of these wounds or or this family system I grew up in, then you can stop and not act on them mm-hmm. and you can choose differently. And then I get think that's when I think things get more interesting because I think when you're functioning on an autopilot of your family system or and your belief systems, things may be a little more two-dimensional, cause and effect, cause and effect. Yeah. So it's predictable and familiar. And it's e- this is why I think we reproduce it. It's predictable, it's familiar. But when we become self-aware and grow our consciousness to hold back, we can choose to do things differently and things become more interesting because now we've got the uncertainty principle playing into. So then we might not know what's going to happen. Right. But if we don't want the same old thing to continue to happen, the only way to change it is to move into this place of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense do you have anything to add to that <laughs> well my sure friend? yeah yeah um yeah it, it is making sense to me um in my experience too I, I think the only thing i would add and maybe that's you've already kind of been alluding to it that in that process uh, to me there's two things that need to happen to make those changes one is you actually need to expand your awareness and i think you you were saying that by observing your thoughts or mm-hmm. um you can you can become more aware, but I've noticed yeah. that you have to you have to actively do that. And usually, in my experience, it there needs to be a meditation technique involved, or at least just just a, a allowance of presence, so that you can actually feel and see the thoughts arise in in a space where you're not trying to do anything with them or you're not attaching to them, mm-hmm. you're letting them go, maybe they come back. But in that field of awareness, you sometimes expand more toward the awareness that, oh, actually, I am not these thoughts. They are just uh, a manifestation of a form, but it's not me. I'm actually the awareness that is aware of these thoughts. And to me, that's that's the place mm-hmm. where we can begin to change because then, you, like mm-hmm. you said, we have choice. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second thing I would say is that, um, and you, you kind of, again, alluded to this when you say you have a different choice or you can create, um, to me, it's like you're replacing the negative thought or the uh, the group of thoughts that formed a concept and you're bringing in a new thought. And you have to reinforce that through mm-hmm. a repetition. You have to you have to affirm that thought over and over until it becomes a reality. And usually, it has to go deep into your subconscious mind, where you're you're not even thinking about it consciously. It's just there in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. And then from that state, new things start to happen in that uh, place of uncertainty, like you mentioned. Like, what's mm-hmm. going to happen next? Now we don't know because there's a new. Uh, deep thought that's 
moving me into new directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I think, um, can I add to of course. the first thing? Well, something you said in the second um, point you made there um, is the repetition, mm-hmm. that the meditation part, the practice of going inward and learning to observe the thoughts mm-hmm. and see that you are not your mind. You just experience your mind thinking and it's running on these programs yeah. um, is repetition. I don't, you can't just sit down and meditate once and have this experience. Hmm. It's, I mean, I think it took a long time to ingrain. If you think of the brain with the sulcus, the grooves, yeah, it took a long time to create that patterning, just like a trail in the woods. Exactly. So you're going to have to walk down the different trail or pause and sit and see it for a while. And then it's going to take time for that old trail to overgrow Mm. and the new path, the new belief system to be ingrained. And that's sitting with it and feeling it and Mm. not avoiding the feelings too, because the feelings also have an imprint with the thought. So addressing the emotional components behind it to me is then the deeper aspect of releasing usually there are negative painful emotions behind the negative think thought patterning so working with those and transforming those also so it's a about repetition and practice yeah that's a beautiful metaphor i really like that um when you think of a path because it's true like the more you walk down one path the more it creates that path and um you know you can take a hike and look at the the well-defined path is because that's where everybody's been walking. But um, it's a, it's a perfect metaphor. You, you want to choose a new path, give it time and keep walking on that path. And that's the, that's the groove that develops that uh, creates a new reality for you. I love that. Thanks for saying it that way. You're welcome. Yeah. And I really like that you brought up the emotional component too, because um, I think that's one thing, we get stuck on as human beings. We think that we are the emotions, just like when you, you know, we said about the thoughts, sometimes that seems a little subtler and maybe at least conceptually, it's easier to say, Oh yeah, I just, you know, think thoughts and they come and go. But when we experience emotion, it can be so powerful and it's hard not to get attached to that as the belief that that's who I am. Um, wouldn't you say that it, it's hard to, to, to think like, wait, there's another way I could be. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of that too is from experiencing the emotion, it being overwhelming and societally emotions don't seem to be very accepted. People just take drugs to stop their emotions mm-hmm. and be the stoicism. I mean, how long has that been around? Mm-hmm. So the emotions, the feminine has been repressed for so long that the emotions, when they come up, can become overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah. so it just gets shoved back down rather yeah. than actually truly worked with and resolved. Mm-hmm. So then it can be transformed. And that was one thing I've loved um, when studying Taoism and Chinese medicine mm. is talking about the emotions as are the fertilizer for the garden, mm. right? And what do you put on your garden? You put poop on your garden. <laughs> right. And, but every emotion has, it transforms into the another emotion, just like that Tai Chi symbol. So um, anger can be transformed into kindness. Mm. 
fear can be transformed into calmness, like every of the five elements with the organs, there are these practices and you don't like get rid of the emotion Mm -hmm. because it's actually fertilizer for your garden. So you create your compost and you work with that emotion and you dig and you work it up and work it up. And then you are building your garden and you're transforming it into a a more helpful emotion. Like sadness gets transformed into courage Mm. So, but if you don't work with it, you're not going to get a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to say it. I feel similar to that, or I I should say, I I think in a similar way in my experience. Mm -hmm. um, I feel really (laughs) excited when you talk about it like that, because it makes me want to work with my emotions, actually. (laughs) I feel like, oh, I want to (laughs) transform. I want to transform any any negative emotion or, or seemingly negative into something mm-hmm. positive. And I know in my life, when I feel my feelings fully, there's an automatic transformation because mm-hmm. it, it, it has a, has a wave like movement, like a, a vibration. And mm-hmm. if you fully go into that wave, it can be a, a big wave or it could be a little wave or it could be a, you know, a longer drawn out wave. But if you go into it and really experience it, then inevitably there's that moment where it calms down. And like you say, I feel like that's the place where it begins to transform into mm. something more positive or, or a, an experience where you'd like to be living more. Yes. That reminds me, I, there is a Buddhist teaching and I can't quote it verbatim, mm-hmm. but it's something like, one a, a path, one pathway to enlightenment is to an experience an emotion to its full degree. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that is like the idea of quote unquote enlightenment really is being able to go through something, see it, and you see it through the other side into something else, and it's a aha. Yeah, you know all this fear I've had comes from this thing that happened to me when I was five years old, (laughs) you know, but you go into that fear to the point where you have this breakthrough, right? The idea of a breakthrough and all of a sudden that you were so scared of hamsters Mm -hmm. and you had bad dreams about hamsters for 30 years and all this stuff, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that's why. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then all of a sudden, you're not afraid of hamsters anymore. (laughs) Right. Well, I noticed, and we've talked about this a lot too, when there's a persistent pattern or, uh, you know, an emotional effect from uh, things that have happened to you in your childhood or in your life, um, you know when you're healing in that the pattern might be there to some extent, but the emotional charge isn't there anymore or not as much mm-hmm. or it's diminishing. And that's, not, that's to me, always a good marker. You're aware mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm going into that pattern or I've been here before or I see what my uh, triggers are or, you know, I'm, I'm aware that it's happening, but, oh, wait a minute, it's not as much. And that shows me I'm making progress. Yes, I think once you help work, like help, working through the emotion, releasing it, mm-hmm. like a situation happens. I had it recently where I was in a situation and one of my patterns was, oh, it's my job. If somebody else is upset, it must be my fault. I should fix it. Yeah. 
And I was thrown in this situation, but I've worked on this for a while, for the last few years, a lot, because it's a really deep-rooted pattern for me. Mm-hmm. And I saw myself in a situation, and I, um, could, I saw my thoughts going there, that I should, going that I should do something, I should say something, I should make it better. Mm-hmm. But knowing that actually I had, in my fault, on my end and in my integrity, felt like I had done what I needed to do, but it was actually this other person needed to step forward to meet me where I had said, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, this is where I can say sorry for this, but the other stuff wasn't on me. But since it wasn't so emotionally charged, I didn't do it. So I think Mm. like the emotions might drive us to do the thing that keeps us in the pattern. But if we can resolve them and then see the thoughts, if the emotions aren't there, I think I'm repeating what you're saying, but giving an example. Yeah. I like the example. That's really good. Does that feel complete in my explanation? Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess, you know, as you're talking to it, I became aware that a lot of the things we're describing too are coming from a place of practice and having had guidance and help. And I'm just saying that because I don't want people to get the wrong impression that, you know, if you've had severe traumatic experiences life that you can just start doing this and automatically it will all just resolve, you know, within a couple of tries. And often we need help. And that's one of the reasons why in this project, we're inviting people to go on a healing journey um, with help, with support. And sometimes that requires people with training because they mm-hmm. they have the right training and the right approaches. And it's going to vary yes. depending on the person, of course, too, what mm-hmm. they need. Yeah. And everyone might need some different things, but I am, I mean, I've been doing body work and healing work since 1999 mm-hmm. and I've been on my own healing journey and I would never have gotten to my place of peace and clarity without teachers and other healers. Exactly. I didn't do this on my own. Now, the part I did do is I got myself to go see someone, you know, I paid for my therapy. I, I, I've done it. I've, you know, I've done the daily meditation. Yeah. I have to do the work on that end, but I need other people's insight and guidance Mm-hmm. And and teachers to teach me methods right. and support from friends like you who've also done it. Yeah, and been on a healing path. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, I mean, I'm so glad that you've been doing that, and that's been one of the joys in my friendship with you is to support it and witness it and see how much better you get by engaging in these practices and seeking out the help and support. Um, so it's beautiful. Yes, but, thank you. And I have also seen it. We, you, uh, you grow over the years in our friendship. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> On the same path. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. Um, and I feel as though um, it's really important to uh, acknowledge that as you go on, you get to this point where you start to be able to hold yourself in this place. And I think that's kind of what I'm hearing you talk about today. You're in the place where sure, you still need support and help from people, but you have enough tools and experiences where you know the territory and you can work Mm -hmm. with yourself. And that's really what it comes down to ultimately, because Mm -hmm. you're, as you said earlier on, you're the creator, you are making your life what you want it to be. So Mm -hmm. it's both, isn't it? It's, it's getting the help. And then it's also making that commitment to yourself to go through the experiences. 
Yes, I think it's both. And then part of that, um, doing it on my own has also been making the choice to build supportive community. Right. So I can do it on my own. So if I have an experience, I have the right kind of people in my life that I can turn to. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of doing the healing and making the changes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I love where that. the community piece comes in. That's where the community piece comes in, exactly. And on that note, let's talk for a second about um, the Taurus Project and one of our ideas and hopes and dreams. Uh, it's kind of a big project, part of our project, which is to have a place where we could uh, offer these things to people on a more regular basis. And uh, last time you were on the podcast, we talked about the programs that we're going to initiate with uh, local practitioners to help them support their clients and their communities. And that in turn begins to form more community for the Taurus Project. But we'd also like to create um, what we're calling an institute uh, for the evolution of consciousness. And um, that would be in a place and a location uh, dedicated to that. And it would have all these levels of working with people with healing modalities and practices and teachings, various teachers, uh, meditations, yoga, and um, hopefully also research, because I love the idea that we continue this tradition of research of consciousness and what that means. Um, and also artistic residencies, which I'm passionate about having come from the arts. So artistic residencies that relate to healing and consciousness exploration. So, um, yeah, do you want to add anything to that? I I think I just threw it out there. Did you say education? (laughs) Um, not specifically, but yeah. 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 Education, not just like retreats where you can go Mm. have a healing experience, but you could do a workshop or course, you know, and we would also like to make the Institute accessible to the local community right? because we want to build community and the idea of having these notes so we could feed people back out to their community and keep them connected. Mm-hmm. So it's like the shape of the Taurus exactly. back into itself and out into the world. Right. Right. Well, that's so great. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, I feel like we have the we have personally had the experience of going to beautiful places in the world to have a workshop or something. But you know, as we've said about other things um, in this domain, sometimes they're really expensive, or you might get lucky and get there on a scholarship, or you're assisting a class, and that's how you got there. But again, it's pretty rare that that's consistent for most people, and. Mm-hmm that's part of our vision is to make this accessible and affordable and at least for, you know, some things, because it has to start by opening up and giving more people access to this domain. So, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a part of it. Yes. And maybe also, like, as you said, education, um, if we have a dedicated place for this, that means that there's more opportunities to, uh, help people, access information that they didn't even know might help them. And that way, mm-hmm. it's almost like you you have a menu of things like, well, what could I do? You know, if you don't even mm-hmm. have a menu, you're just sort of going along in life doing things um, the same way as always. So I think that's part of, too, that piece of education and um, making it possible to come back um, again and again to receive the information and then the practices that help you develop in life. 
Um, that's one of the things I'm passionate about as you talked about it. Yes. And I think also to add to what we're talking about that our dream is to have the Taurus Institute in a beautiful and powerful place in nature Mm -hmm. because these concepts like we're talking about this toroidal field is everywhere in nature. Right. And when we can get more removed from our environment, the busy world and get more connected with nature, their natural principles Mm -hmm. that flow and people can feel them and, and then they can access them easier out in nature on their own back home, wherever they live. So the idea that the beauty of the environment will also feed the whole experience of transformation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I thought I might just share at this point that uh, early on in this process, before I really put it out formally, like, let's get together and form some kind of group or organization to do this. Um, I was really meditating a lot more and um, thinking a lot about uh, ways that this energy of the Taurus, as it was coming to me, could manifest in life and in my own life. Um, And one evening I was um, meditating and just relaxing and, uh, kind of feeling into these things. And um, I had a momentary vision, kind of like a, just a glimpse. It was like a little flash of, of a picture. Um, And in that vision, I saw a a beautiful hall, like a place, a meeting hall with a a big table. And I could tell that there was, um, there were trees outside. You can kind of see through the windows and see the trees. And, uh, above the table where we were all meeting and uh, talking and just being in community, there was uh, a light and the, it was like a lamp, but it was more than just a a lamp shade. It was, um, it was this really beautiful, big symbol of the Taurus. And uh, it was illumined. It was kind of like glowing from some mysterious force, which I would say was the energy field itself. And it, and in that vision, it just, even though it was really brief, it touched something very deeply in me and it made me realize that that is possible and that this could be a real place. So um, I think those, those momentary visions can be really meaningful and something to build on in our lives. And uh, I'm saying it not just for me, but for anybody who's inspired by um the vision that I'm sharing, but also their own personal visions. You know, sometimes we have those moments that are just incredibly inspiring and we think, oh yeah, well, that's just a passing thought, a fancy, a a dream, but we really can make these things real if we build on them and put in the effort to create them. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you for sharing that. It's a beautiful vision, Tate. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lacey. Well, I just like the idea of creating a safe place where people can go into the depths of their emotions Mm. and experience them and feel supported that the people there working there are compassionate and kind um, people working on themselves too and um, just want to help navigate, Mm -hmm. you know, and support people's experience. I just, I want, I just that's my dream is it for it to just feel really safe so yeah. people can have really transformative experiences Yeah, because um, it's changed my life to have these experiences. And I, and 
I just feel like a happier, more peaceful person because of it. And yeah, I feel like I can navigate more challenging things um, in an easier way now. And I just would like that for everyone. Yes. And I think if we help raise consciousness, to me, that means helping people become more compassionate and more kind and more tolerant Mm -hmm. and more loving and more patient and feel like that's just beneficial for not only everyone around us, but also for ourselves. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to say. That's my prayer, my wish Mm. for the energy of this place. I love that. That's so beautiful. And that's exactly what I wish for too. And uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about when we create those uh, containers for strong energy to be created and be nurtured and to help us, then it, it has that possibility of creating all those wonderful things that you just said so beautifully. So I'm right there with you. And that's why we're creating this together. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And we hope other people will want to help create it and donate to our project. Absolutely. And on that note, um, we do have a website that I mentioned earlier, the taurusproject.org. And if you go to our website, you can read a little bit more about some of the things that we're talking about here today. And if you feel inspired, please make a donation. Um, we have a donate button set up on the website. So um, go ahead and um, any amount would be gratefully received and we'd be uh, able to uh, support our organizational development and to begin putting funds towards some of the programs that uh, we're creating. So if you can help and you feel inspired, please do. Yes, please. Yeah. And also we have uh, fundraising events uh, on the website, so, so feel free to check those out. And if anything inspires you to join, please join us at one of our events. Just uh, go to the website and check it out, and um, please let us know. Or just be in touch, too. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in any of the aspects of what we're doing, um, please be in touch. Well, Lacey, this has been a great talk. Uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast again, and I look forward to the next one. So thank you for having me, Tage, and I also look forward to our next interesting conversation. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Alchemy Land, and we hope you enjoyed learning more about our main project, The Taurus Project. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at info at thetaurusproject.org, and we hope to hear from you more soon and hoping you have more inspiration, creativity, and health in your life.